Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz. I guess that's what he can do, you know, really. Like, we didn't change anything. I thought, you know, him and Lou started running some good stuff together. We're clearly trying to still figure that out. We're so new. Uh, We're going to get better and better at it. And then when you add Paul, you'll have a third guy that you can kind of run actions for. But right now, you know, you're trying to run a two-man game at the end of the games. They are still, you know, it's, it's funny. You can see they're filling in a little bit, but they're not there yet, but they will be. Doc Rivers talking about Kawhi Leonard. 30 points for Kawhi Leonard, and he had 18 of them down the stretch, and PK the Jazz got out-rebounded badly in this game. Out-rebounded, way more offensive rebounds, 18-6 to there, and that was the difference. Neither team was shooting well, but the Clippers were getting second and third shots and making the Jazz pay. Yeah, I didn't get an opportunity to see the game because I was flying home from Seattle. I went and saw the Seahawks play yesterday. But my friend from Los Angeles, Wayne, was texting me, giving me updates on what was going on. He doesn't like the Clippers. More of a Laker guy like most of L.A.? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So he was telling me everything that I needed to know. And then when we landed, I got the box score. Yeah, those offensive rebounds and rebounding total jumps out at you big time. Obviously a massive difference. And then there was Glenn Rivers talking about Kawhi. Yeah, the Clippers figure to get better as the season goes on, particularly with the inclusion of Paul George down the line here, no doubt about it. But that's why they're favored to win it all. The funny thing is, the last few years, you know, we've been saying, oh, if the Jazz can get a second score that they can count on every night, yeah, they'll be really something. Well, now that they've given up some rebounding and all that stuff, we're looking at, man, if the Jazz can get a third score. Yeah. Because, you know, they've got uh, Don Mitchell, and Don is just great. There's no doubt about it. I've been Don? Saying, yeah, Don's great. I don't see how you can argue with that. I've been saying this was going to be his breakout season, and it stands to reason that it is his breakout season. And uh, Bogdanovich is fine. But Conley, man. Okay, Mike. Come on now. I know. Back into Cantley. I mean, Two for ten. And five turnovers and one assist. Cantley, you got you to gotta start playing better, bud. I don't know what else to say. We can keep saying it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. And that's just shooting. But five turnovers to one assist? And that that's not shooting. That is not shooting, and that is not good enough. That is not close to good enough. No. So they could just find that third score. And then their bench, man. Look at the Clipper bench compared to the Jazz bench. Yes. Well, we knew the Jazz gave something up to get uh, those starting five together. And then you had injuries. Dead David's going to be out for a while. And then my man put me in a bad moodier. He didn't play. What's his deal? So, is that going to uh, is that going to be it? What, any of the younger guys going to develop? Are they going to be able to plug any of these guys in? Is that who? Uh, Mione has looked who flashes Mione Yale the Yale draft pick. Oh come on, some kid out of yes. Yale in the second round. Nigel Williams Goss. They brought him back. Is there a diamond in the rough somewhere to bolster the bench? 
No. Oh well. I mean, that's a that's a problem. Maybe we got Brantley. Okay. But O'Neill didn't do anything. He was he was bad. The bench got outscored fifty to nineteen. That, that's awful. Yes, it is. I mean, Moutier's your guy. I mean, he's a younger guy. He's been in the league for a few years, but, but uh, uh, got some issues here that they they got to work through. Jeff Green didn't do much. Starters playing massive minutes. I talked about it last week. Hasn't changed. Everybody played 34, 35 minutes. Yeah. All right, Jazz get a couple days off now. David Locke told us uh, when he was on on Friday that uh, he thought there might be a problem. There hadn't been enough practice. Well, here's here's time to go practice. You can get in a practice or two now because you don't play again until Wednesday. So after I, I don't know how much practice is going to matter. I mean, after the game, the post game, which we just ran some of here in the last hour, you know, Quinn's saying, you know, it's just will. It's your will to go get the basketball. Basically, try harder. Want it more. Okay. Is they put in a scramble? Is there some, you know, cohesion thing with the group? No. It's, you got to block out and then go get the ball. It's stuff you were learning when you were in junior high. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. All the success I've had in this league, I'm still not complacent. I'm not satisfied. You know, we're a veteran ball club, and we won't, we won't have a lot of practice time where we can actually get up and down and be bang, you know, physical contact and stuff that, of that nature. Um, so in the film room, you know, when we have shoot-arounds, you know, we, we have an opportunity to, you know, still get better from a mind perspective. Um, and when our minds are engaged, I think the bodies will fall into place. So I won't let us get complacent no matter if we're winning or losing. That's LeBron, no complacency, a 5-1 start, best record in the Western Conference. Sixers are the only undefeated team left in the NBA. And they beat the Spurs 103-96. All is well, at least after six games, PK. Yeah, I'm very complacent myself. (laughs) And why is that? I'm the last guy in the gym, first guy to leave. Sweet. I don't know if it's complacency. Is that what it's complacency with the Lakers? It's more you got the two stars and they're going to stay healthy. LeBron was hurt last year. He's obviously played a gazillion minutes in his career and already beaten the odds as far as how much he's been able to play. And Anthony Davis, you were uh, you looked it up and were uh, reading it off for us uh, earlier this year about how many games. I mean, he just seems like he can to play 60, 65 games. Well, if they have their guys, they're really good. But are they going to have their guys? We won't know until April because that's the only time it really matters that you need your guys. April, May, right. Get to the playoffs. The Mavericks looking good. Four and two. Picked up another win. Triple-double for Doncic. And they took down the Cavs by 20. He's 20 years old and he had like 29, 15, and 14. He is the second coming of Magic. There it is. He's the closest thing we've had to Magic. I'm trying to think who else, because Westbrook doesn't have enough assists, even with all the triple doubles. He was not as big. And he wasn't getting him at 20. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right about that. And then the Rockets, what happened to those guys? I don't know. They got annihilated. Annihilation? 46 to 14 after one quarter. Well, they couldn't shoot. The ball didn't go in the hoop. You don't have to give up 46 points. Yeah, but that's not. They're, they're, they're not, not going to the win. Game. They're not going to win on defense. So if you're expecting that, you're going to be disappointed. 
Well, they eventually trailed 59-18, and that's not a score you see every day in the NBA. They lost in Miami 129-100, and they're going back-to-back tonight against Memphis. Take it out on Memphis. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Third down and six. They rush three. Bring an extra man late. Huntley down the sideline. Sampson Nakua. They make another play. It's another source. Nakua's first catch. Beautiful job by Tyler to slide. And then just give your guy a chance. Completion of 28 yards to Sampson Nakua. A lot of big third down conversions for the Utes. We were talking about this on TV. That was one of them late in the game on the last touchdown drive. Big plays on third down, big completions. Tyler Huntley spreading the ball around to a lot of receivers. And not just nickel and diamond, but the chunk yardage. That was a 28-yarder. That a 41-yarder. I think that had four or five plays over 20 yards in the passing game. And a lot of them very timely. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. He was awesome again. He's been awesome all season. It's him and Herbert as conference MVP, player of the year, whatever they call it. And, uh, you know, obviously there's still some games to go. Three. And, uh, Oregon has four, I think, because they each other by this week. See a lot of Ute fans traveling. It looked like oh, uh, sure. in the yeah. stadium. You can't really get a feel for it, but it seemed like there were quite a few there. Cameras didn't seem to have a problem finding people in red. bunch on the plane, a bunch uh, on Friday. Uh, we got there. They put us on a plane earlier than expected when we got there. They had some issues. They had an oversold, I think, and they asked us if uh, we wanted to go early. And uh, You got a good story. Are you going to tell it now or later in the hour? Oh, later, later, okay, later. Right. I need a lot of time. <laughs> oh, really? And, uh, Long story. Yeah. And so we walked around Friday. It's gorgeous. Oh, the weather was great every day. Every day. It was in the 50s and sunny. So I saw a ton of youth fans uh, around town. Uh, obviously at the game uh, yesterday at Seahawks Stadium. Yeah, these these are high times, man. These are the best of times. There's no doubt about it. You're going to have three games left. You're going to be heavy favorites. Uh, opportunity to play Oregon. I mean, the conference stinks. I mean, you're running around celebrating wildly and you beat a 5-4 and four team. But that's just the way it is, not to discount the Utes because they're a great team. But there's only the two of them in the conference, and the other one isn't on the Everybody schedule. Everybody else is average yeah. at best. I mean, you look at the standings in the conference. It's pretty good south. Everybody's 5-4 five and four or 4-5. Four and five. Yep. <laughs> Washington and USC are 5-4. and four. You Devils are 5-3. and three. So well, that's because, they've had a bye early. Right, because they had to buy early. Yeah, yeah. They, they may be 5-4 and four if they lose to USC. Did you see the line for that game? I would think it's probably a best C, 2 or 3. But SC by 1. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they so, may be 5-4. and four. Give them a minute here and see. Yeah, there's a bunch of average teams. It, I do think whoever wins that ASU-USC game could win out and end up 8-4. and four. So what? What yeah. difference is it? <laughs> well, I mean, if you're looking for it, there's you fans out there want to go to the playoff. Well, we beat who you no. beat. You know, you may be, when it's all said and done, you need to have, obviously, you need to have the win over Oregon. But then behind that, no. you're going to play a couple 8-4 and four teams, no. and they're not going to be respected. No. No, no, no. You're not going to make the playoff that way. You're going to need a whole lot of help. Uh, you're not gonna. You're not gonna beat. If you get in the playoff, it's not gonna be because we beat somebody. You need Clemson. O- others lost. You're gonna need. It seems like there's so many teams in the. It, it seems like the SEC and the Big Ten are gonna have undefeated. They're gonna be in. It's fine. Is Clemson gonna get upset? And is the Big Twelve gonna beat itself up? And I'm not really worried about that, man. Go 
12 and one and go to the Rose Bowl. I mean, who cares about the playoff? I, I just I don't see where that's such a big deal. It's their party. They set it up, and your conference is just decidedly average. And you chose to play no P5s, so it's coming home to roost. Now you can't control your conference. They got nine games, and the fact is that nobody is your best wins over five and four team. But that takes nothing away from how good you are, because you'll get this opportunity. You'll get one massive test. I'm going to repeat, the best wins over a five and three. All right, it doesn't matter. You'll get a great test in Santa Clara uh, in 32 days. Oregon looked awesome. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're really good. Same deal. On the road, spotted the opponent a double-digit lead, just like the Utes did, and then climbed out of that double-digit deficit. Blew him away, man. It was a joke. Yeah. Helton, obviously, is dead man walking. And it's a shame that Oregon lost to Auburn, because that was their big chance. And right now, the conference can't – and it's my conference, so I don't take any joy in saying this, but the conference can't compete with these – you had your one big shot, and – Auburn is third in the SEC West, and you lost to them. So, But these two teams, they're on a collision course. I'm looking forward to it, and the better team, we'll see what happens when we get there, and that team is going to be highly ranked. It deserves to go to the Rose Bowl, and this is a great season for Utah. It's the most special season they've had, obviously, since they've been in the conference, and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. We'll see what happens in a month. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Here's that option they've run very well. Hall is in! Tremendous play, and they got the linebacker who pushed right out of there, and a huge hole for Hall. Third down and goal. Katoa. Wow. Touchdown! Wow. That's a couple times BYU has thundered through a Utah State tackler for a score on the ground tonight. BYU's defense forces five turnovers. They survive another quarterback injury and just keep rolling on offense. 42-14, both teams 4-4. But uh, those two teams are feeling very different about their 4-4s right now. Really different moods behind identical numbers. Yeah, fortunately for the Aggies, they still have league play to go. And for the Cougars and some private conversations last week, they felt like they could get 45 on these guys. And uh, they obviously came close. Maybe a couple turnovers they wouldn't have, uh, that they didn't have, uh, they would have gotten there. But the offense is rounding into shape. Defense is playing better. A lot of young guys, uh, the immediate future here, the rest of the season, looks bright. You know, you get a couple of wins, you make a couple of changes, the assignments and the coaching staff, and it's changed the complexion of the season. And Sataki, he's borrowing a little bit of Kyle Whittingham, back against the wall type deal, go back into Kyle's whatever season that was, his second or third season, when it wasn't going well and the backs were against the wall and he's going to be fired and this and that. And then they won, gosh, he won like 32-4 and four or something. After I can't remember what it was, but it was incredible. I don't know if the Cougars are going to do that. But Sataki has staved off, my thought is, any possible termination of his job. I said he should be extended. I still believe that. Kids came with inspired efforts and looking like they have an opportunity. We'll see what happens in three weeks to four weeks to San Diego State. But they, they ought get to be, that win there eight and four. Right. Yeah, that'd be seven and four going into that game. Yeah, for sure. If they're not, well then my gosh, then there's no excuse. But I believe they will be. They got Liberty this week. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about Liberty. I've never seen them play once. 
Six so, and three, but their best win is probably over New Mexico. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not quarterback your guy. named Buck. I don't <laughs> know anything about him, and I'm not all things to all people. Do you see no, the point spread? Uh, yeah, I saw it on TV last night. Oh, no, that's right. You did. <laughs> Cougars by 18. Yeah. Over to 20, somebody bet on Liberty. I don't know what happened there. It didn't make any sense. The Falwells. Aggies are slight underdogs at Fresno State. Three-point underdogs. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Gus Edwards in the backfield. Pat Ricard sets to the left of the line. Lamar Jackson will keep it. Sweep. Kick will come down right at the goal line to Michael Wright. And he'll get to the 25, 30, 40. He's gone. It's a touchdown, Oregon. Just like that, they turn the game around the other way. I had a feeling. I didn't say it. 99 yards. Right with a touchdown kickoff return. How do you do? As the final seconds tick off, Tyler Shuck just put a block on that was impressive. Game over. Final score, Oregon 56, USC 24. Oregon. Two games up on Oregon State in the north. Three up on Stanford and all the teams we thought might be good in the North have four losses. Oregon's just running away with it. And they were down 10-0 and just killed USC. The decision to kick off just before halftime, pretty curious. It was still a game at that point, PK. But it didn't matter the way the second half went. Yeah, you got to love them. As bad as, as mediocre as the South is, man, the North. Four and four, four and four, five and four, four and four, and four and four. That is some mediocre football, big time, through and through. Thank goodness for the Utes and the Ducks. There it is. Everybody else, 500-ish. Well, yeah, one Washington is 5-4, and four, and the others are all 4-4. Four and four. Yep. Kind of a quiet week for college football. The big game, Georgia and the SEC beat Florida. That's number eight over number six. But we figure that Georgia's probably going to lose to Bama or LSU in the title game. We'll see how that plays out. But Georgia at least seems to have uh, pretty much punched their ticket there to the SEC championship game. And SMU's perfect season, the dream dies there. SMU and App State both get beat. So now we're just down to the power fives and their unbeatens. Baylor and Minnesota are the Cinderella's now. Let's see if they're able to pull it off. Willie Taggart, say goodbye. That's a big payday for a year and a half and not much. Yeah, obviously, man. You think there's any chance? Of what? That his replacement will come from Washington State, Mike Leach. The story's already out. You know, it's a little bit, you've done these stories. It's a little bit of figure out who the candidates are and throw stuff against the wall. But you see a half dozen oh, yeah, names heard, mentioned, I've and there's Kyle's Leach. Yeah, there's Leach to Florida State. Kyle to Florida State. Golfmore. A longer flight to Hawaii, so I don't know. <laughs> he might learn to love, uh, you know, Key West. Well, Leach has a home in Key yeah. West, so I saw that mentioned in one of the stories. Oh, yeah, I've talked yeah. to him about it. Yeah, yeah. he's in, that's a great place to have a second home. So uh, possibly, man. I mean, he can set the world on fire with his passing and all that stuff. The problem with that is, can his stuff fly? Because his stuff flies in podunk places. Texas Tech and Washington State. Yeah. So be eccentric, be this, be that, and rip your guys when you lose. Uh, but, you know, he 
Not sure that that's a great fit, but if he decides to go, good on him. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Lamar Jackson will keep it. Sweeps to the left, and he will strut in for the touchdown. Lamar Jackson strolls in for six, and the Ravens strike first against the New England Patriots. Jackson wants to throw, fires back to the left. He's got Nick Boyle. Boyle turns a corner, and he's in for his first NFL touchdown. Nick Boyle finally finds the end zone and at just the right time. The Ravens give the Patriots their first loss after eight straight wins. And New England was down 17-0 in this game. Looked like they might come back and take the lead. They were driving, but... A Julian Edelman fumble. It was a scoop and score for the Ravens, and that was pretty much it. That ended the comeback hopes right there. And the Ravens win 37-20. You were at the Seahawks game, and Russell Wilson had it going on. Five touchdown passes. Yeah, I was thinking about this. You know, we never really include him in the elite-level quarterback discussion. We always have the... What am I looking for? The When you go, when you drop back, and, and this is always something, the standard. This is another word I can't think of, but... Uh, you go and you think of Brady and Breeze and now, uh, obviously, Mahomes and Rodgers. Well, Those are the, always the fallbacks that we always right. drop back to all the time. But quarterbacks get judged yeah. on winning, and he's got a Super Bowl just like Breeze, and he's got a Super yeah. Bowl just like Rodgers. Mahomes is the next generation and have one. Yeah, and, he, and he's come on uh, last year, obviously, was his ma- major breakout season. But I think you have to look at Russell Wilson, too, and the consistency that he's put up as far as the program being competitive for many, many years. Now, they've changed all those pop-offs and guys who drew attention to themselves. A lot of those guys are gone. Uh, but they're, they're, the winning has remained, what, they're 7-2, and two, right? They are 7-2, seven and seven two, just two. like the Packers, who yeah. lost to the Chargers yesterday, an offense that never got started. Terrible on third down. Uh, they're both 7-2. and two. The Saints are 7-1. and one, And the Niners are 8-0. No. So those look like the big four in the NFC right now. Well, Russell Wilson is on his way to a Hall of Fame career. That does seem clear, yes. I don't think that's very debatable. That's where he's going to end up. DJ and PK, there is what is trending. And it is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Frank Dolce, our Utah Insider, joins us next. Gary Anderson, Aggie football coach at 830. Stay with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz have the night off. Lost a couple games over the weekend, Friday in Sacramento. Sunday night, they lose to the Clippers despite 36 points from Donovan Mitchell. Jazz are back in action against the Philadelphia 76ers Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Utes climb in the latest AP poll. They move from 9th to 8th with their win at Washington, combined with Florida's loss to Georgia. Oregon remains number 7. College Football Playoff Selection Committee will announce their first rankings tomorrow night. Tonight, Monday Night Football features the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants at 6.15. You can listen to that game right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Action Plumbing. Call Action Plumbing and get your preseason furnace tune-up and safety check for $33 by calling Action Plumbing at 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net. 
This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Where did you get that sack lunch, Tony? Well, this lunch right here. They handed it to me on the way in. Do you mean here at this convention at Vivid Smart Home Arena for the school children? I came in through the main entrance, too. I didn't, I I didn't grab a lunch. And they handed it. They said, here you go. And I kept going. <laughs> they thought you were one of the students? I, listen, I didn't want to seem ungrateful. Young man, Take we are this. on the buddy system. Where is your buddy? Here's your lunch. Go so find your buddy. There's a lot of good stuff in here. It's healthy, too. Some poor get out there without a lunch today. Yeah. Me. Mrs. Sampson, I don't have my lunch. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> right, we handed them all out the door. Tony is about 5'1", five, 5'2". Five, yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, we are brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. You got travel stories for us later, don't you? I got whatever you need. Classic stories always seem to happen to you. I don't know how that happens, but that's what you get. Classics. All right, Frank Dolce is going to join us here momentarily to talk about the youth's big win. You didn't uh, scoff in the postgame when Kyle said this is the perfect time for the bye. It actually does feel like a good time for a bye. Teams yeah, beat up and coming off an emotional high. I think it was more the emotion uh, because you shouldn't have a letdown in, in 12 days, you know, possibly in seven days. But they weren't going to have to play this week. So this is their big game. They aimed for that. They, ba- I mean, they can't say this, but they knew, get this game, and we pretty much wrapped up the division. And so Tyler Huntley is playing at such an elite level that I don't think that they're going to screw up these last three games. I'd be very surprised. I mean, you just nothing is there. Colorado stinks. Arizona stinks. The Bruins have a little bit of momentum, but yeah, they're coming mostly- here. Mostly because they run the ball, and running the ball right at the Utes seems like playing B. Oh, man, you don't even do that for, sheesh, I mean, four quarters? No, not happening. Come on now. DJ PK and Frank Dolce, our Utah insider, joins us now. The former Ute quarterback here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. He's on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset. Get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Well, Frank, these are the best of times. These are the good old days, aren't they? Wait. Isn't that the best of time? I thought you were going to go with the worst of times. The best no. of times and the worst of times. These are not I the think for the conference, times. it might be the worst of times. But for Oregon and Utah, well, certainly for Utah, maybe not so much for Oregon yet but because they've been in the title game. But for the Utes, it's clearly the best of times since they've been in the conference. Let me ask you a question about the conference because I was thinking about this over the weekend. I, I used to say that, the, that there was parity in the Pac-12. I'm, I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Do you think it's, there's parity in the Pac-12, or do you think there's yeah. a couple good teams and then everyone else is not uh, very good? I think it's parity if you define parity as mediocrity, except for Oregon <laughs> and Utah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you just look at the standings. Everyone is either 4-4, 4-5, 5-3 and, four, four and, five, five and three if you didn't have the – if you already had the bye. Uh, but other than that, no, there's a bunch of averages. Utah's best win is over a 5-4 and four team. I mean, I don't know how else to say that. 
we can pretend it doesn't exist, but that's the reality of it. But it doesn't take away from anything that Oregon, and particularly the Utes, since that's what we focus on, have done. And obviously they're way better than they have been since they joined the conference in 2011. And it's setting up for a massive game and next month when they play the Ducks, and we're all looking forward to that. That's, that's going to be their one big test. It's sort of like Boise State all those years in the WAC and now Mountain West. You don't have a lot of big tests, but you're going to get one or two, and your legitimacy in terms of nationally will be determined on what you do in those one or two games. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably right. And uh, I thought that... Uh, I thought that maybe Washington would be, you know, a little more difficult. And, and they, I mean, they did come out kind of throwing a punch. Washington did. And, but the way that Utah managed it and then just kind of was super steady, figured it out, didn't panic, stayed with the game plan, and then just started kind of rolling through on both, both sides. So... Um, and, and that's interesting to me too that the that a Washington team now takes its fourth loss on the season, and who knows they they could take another loss before this this thing's all all over. So, but you, I thought Utah played played really well, and it's one of those games when Utah hasn't figured out how to win that game in the past necessarily, and and then they did, and <laughs> and and that's and that's with. You know, a quarterback in Huntley. I don't know if you guys thought so, but it looked to me like he was still only about I don't know, maybe seventy-five or eighty percent, still a little hobbled. But the way that he managed that team, I just and, and no interceptions again. I, I couldn't be more impressed with the way that he's playing. I thought that he was hobbled. I thought it was pretty clear at times, but then when he had to run for the corner of the end zone for the touchdown, he had no problem getting out there. I thought that was kind of weird. I thought so too when he when he got around the edge. Now he was he didn't he didn't look like he had the same kind of explosiveness, but just enough mm-hmm. to get to to get to the corner and and that you know that that was one of those plays kind of one of those defining plays in the game that maybe in the past that ball gets knocked out of bounds or it's fumbled away or something, but but just went the the right way for the youth. On the other side, I. I don't know what to think of Jacob Eason. I mean, I like that, like, he, he seems to have all the tools. He's athletic, he's big, big arm, can throw the ball in tight windows. But I thought at times this year he's looked a little unsteady, and I thought Utah certainly made him look that way on Saturday. Well, there's a few things going on that I want to respond to. You talk about maybe in the past they don't win this game. On the field Saturday, the guy's been in the program for many, many years, came up to me on the field before the players went over and did their thing in front of the crowd, and he said, this is the first time in 10 years we've won a game like this. So that's exactly what you're saying. (laughs) Yes, it's the truth. I mean, big game in November, got to have the game. And, and historically, they haven't gotten it done on, since they've been the in the road, conference. On the road, too. Yeah, so they got it done. He was right. I mean, it, it's just the truth. And whether uh, Huntley is full uh, 100% or not, it doesn't matter because Andy Ludwig, from the day he came in, his first day in the office after he put up his family pictures, he, has, he decided... Huntley will be a throwing 
quarterback this year. He will play a traditional quarterback, and he won't be running it that much, not not even close to where he used to in prior years, and that's exactly what we've seen. So it doesn't matter that he's not 100% because he doesn't need to be. The arm is fine. The brain is incredible, and then when he needs to escape, slide left, slide right, whatever, he can do that. So he doesn't need to be the athletic quarterback that he was his sophomore and junior year because the offense is requiring him to do a different type of skill set, basically, along with the mental aspect of the game. Ludwig, in my mind, has been absolutely sensational this year and transferred that, and he said that, he said that to me in spring ball, that Tyler, they'll put him in positions where he won't have to make a decision. The decision will be to give the ball to Moss or to throw it to whomever is open downfield. That's exactly what happened. And your third thing on Eason, you know, being in the press box watching the game, you can't really see as much on television in terms of putting the ball in tight windows because it's harder to see is where the defense is as far as being able to close. Mm-hmm. And Eason put the ball, particularly early in the game, I thought to myself, okay, this is what they're talking about. This kid looks sensational. And I actually think his arm put them in position to take the lead, but it also put them in a position to give the game away because he believes in that arm so much that he throws that out thinking he can get there, and he tests Jalen Johnson, and Jalen steps in and makes the pick six, turn the entire flow of the game. So his arm giveth and his arm taketh away. That's my impression and evaluation of Eason. And I will say, Frank, I hope you're sitting down for this. I will say Jalen Johnson is the best defensive player Utah has had since they've been in the Pac-12 and maybe in my 26 years that I've been living in the state of Utah. Jalen Johnson, better than Weddle, better than Lotulele, better than whoever you have. That's who Jalen Johnson is. He's going to have a 15-year NFL career that will culminate in Canton, Ohio. Oh my! I don't know that that is that's pretty lofty. I know. I mean, you just threw two guys out there that are you know yep. legends. Yes, in, I did in Utah football lore, and uh, and I, I well he certainly is talented, and and uh, the way that he the, the the play that he made on that pick absolutely. I think your evaluation of Ethan might be correct. Like maybe he just relies on that talent. So much that he gets himself into into trouble a little bit. He had some brilliant so, passes, and then he had some others that like, what the freak are you doing? Yeah, I'm throwing it straight to Jalen yeah. Johnson. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why are you asking? Don't, Isn't don't that obvious? It, don't yeah. throw it to that guy. Don't so, throw it to that guy. You know, it's interesting you say that. So you're saying that Utah hasn't won a game like that since 2008. Uh, not on the road. I mean, Oregon, they came from behind the fourth yeah. quarter. They had a big lead, and they, they lost it, and then they took it back. So they did it at yeah. home last year in November. But to do it on the road is a different deal, and especially because they had a chance to win a game like that up there, and they didn't get it done a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you know, at this point, I, I, came into this, I came into that game very cautious uh, because of the record against Coach Peterson and because of what Coach Peterson has done, you know, with two weeks to prepare and because I thought that defensively even a young defense for Washington was improving over the course of the year and it was going to be and maybe is the best offensive line that Utah has faced this year. And with, 
in all of those phases, Utah won, and and that was that was fairly impressive. So as I look at the rest of the as I look at the rest of the year for you, it's not uh, it's certainly not a cakewalk, but this is these last three games, and the and the and the bye week comes at a, at a nice time. But these last three games, Utah should. I mean, it should be kind of a dominating effort for the next three weeks for Utah. I, the only way Utah stumbles if it, is if Utah stumbles. I just don't think there's anybody on the rest of the schedule that can manage what Utah's doing right now. You know, there was one thing in the Washington game I wanted to ask you about. And, you know, early they were down 14-3. And you knew the first quarter stats for Washington were really good. And they're outscoring teams like 41-10. to And Peterson scripts the plays. So that didn't seem like that big a deal. I mean, it's not good to be down early, 7 nothing and 14-3. But the game was being played. Washington's defense was playing in Utah's backfield, and they were trying different things with different mm-hmm. players on the O-line. That was one issue. And the second issue is the U defense was getting out no push. Now, I wasn't so worried about the defense because they have a trend. they got a lot of guys they can rotate in, and they tend to wear teams down and, and be more dominant later on. So I knew that might turn around. But i got to say, I, I wasn't sure the O-line was going to turn around, and it did. Do you think it was personnel? Was it something else? Because clearly Tyler Huntley got a lot more time to throw the ball, and Zach Moss got better lanes to run in. I, I think it was a little bit of the, of the thing that Utah faced coming out of their non-conference schedule, is that the, the level of competition changed when they played USC. And in that USC game, Utah didn't know how to respond to it. Uh, in this this time this coming around, Utah's come off comes off of two, you know, one really physical game, but a game that they they kind of dominated against Arizona State, and then a game that clearly dominated against Cal, and then the level of competition changed when when they lined up against Washington, and so it it took. To me, it looked like it just took a minute to figure that out. And with the experience at USC and with the experience of the, you know, the, the rest of the season behind them, I think they did. What, you know, when, when the offensive line changes, you know, they added in Bam, and then he got injured and had to go out, that's always, I think that's always difficult. And you have, you have a guy in, I think it was Mawala, who, never, who didn't play or didn't practice all week. And then he's forced back into action, but uh, but like I said, I think it was just a matter of the, the competition changed, the stakes changed, and it took Utah a you know a quarter and a half to kind of figure that out. And once they did, then you didn't see you saw Tyler Huntley with plenty of time to throw. I was worried about that as well because Huntley was getting harassed in the backfield. Um, but once they figured it out, then it was full steam ahead. I also think that another story, and we've touched on Ludwig and Huntley and their brilliance, and there's no, been no doubt about it, and Zach Moss has been so consistent for four years, essentially. I mean, he really hats off to this kid and the way he goes about his life, and you know what you're getting from him every day of his life. He's so consistent in every aspect. I, I think that another big story is a lack of drops by the receivers. The receivers, you may not have this overwhelming dominant type of kid like a Chenault, a Colorado, or whomever, but as a group, they've improved their play. Absolutely. Receiver, receiving group, 
we're not talking about the things we talked about in the past with right. that receiving group. One is drops. Right. That used to be that seemed to be a, a, a continuous issue for Utah. Drop footballs. The other thing is that receivers getting separation. That was that was one of those things that we just never we, we never we never saw Utah receivers getting separation. It was always seemed like they were <laughs> in these coverage situations where they just couldn't get away. And now we see guys with a step or two on their defensive backs. I, you know, the, the, the one thing about that, you know, we say that they don't have a Chanel, and we say that that maybe they don't even have like a an Aaron Fuller type of guy or 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 an IU type of guy, but I think they do. I I think that Brian Thompson is that guy. But the nature of the offense doesn't necessarily give him an opportunity to catch 10 or 12 footballs in a game. And there and the talent across the board is so steady that that it's advantage for Utah to spread the ball around a little bit. And so maybe in a different scenario uh, I, you might see a guy like Thompson kind of rise to that level. But two things. I think the talent around him is all really good, and the nature of the offense, doesn't. it just doesn't put emphasis on one guy. So, um, and I think that's, you know, that's a good thing for Utah. The talent, the, the talent level at the wide receiver group, we don't talk about it much. But the way they played this year, I think it's a it's a really solid group. I used to say that the, that the offensive line was the biggest question mark coming into the season, and the second biggest question mark was the was the wide receiver group. And I think both of those groups have certainly answered those questions. You know, I think the one other thing they do is they go get the ball. The Samson Nakua catch late in the game. You know, it's not – you can't just run the route and have the ball just drop right into your arms every time. There were a lot of balls around the money, but sometimes you just got to go get it, and he did. And even when you make a mistake, I think Thompson was running through zone coverage, and he thought it was man, and he was going to keep running across the field. And Huntley read it right, mm-hmm. and it was zone. And so it looked like a bad throw, and it was behind Thompson. He had to go back and get it. But I really thought it was Thompson misreading the coverage for a split second. But he still went back and got it. And I don't think they used to make those plays either. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. He, he didn't settle in that. He didn't settle in that right. space. He kind of ran into the he ran into the next guy, and but but Huntley did the right thing. Yep. I mean, so so that's that's another thing is Huntley didn't allow the receiver mistake to become another mistake on the quarterback by trying to throw the ball where the receiver was headed. So Huntley just threw the ball where it should have gone. And then, and then back Thompson and made the adjustment, right? And it made it made it look like a spectacular play. <laughs> when I think you're probably right, it was just a, a little mis- mistake by the by the receiver, and he had then he had to make a spectacular play. But that's exactly right. These are these are receivers that go and get the ball, uh, and go after the ball and find the ball, and and that's. Those those things go back to you know obviously it's good coaching and you have to go back to good coaching but but the confidence now Utah has in a passing game that was non-existent prior to the season or inconsistent at best prior to the season now there's a there's a confidence throughout the throughout the scheme throughout the throughout the receiving group quarterback offensive line that the passing game is going to work and going to be there and you just have to do your job and 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 uh, 
and like you said, Utah goes and, and gets the ball, find themselves, finds themselves open, and then goes and gets the ball. Frank, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and uh, enjoy a stress-free bye week. You can just watch USC Arizona State or the Battle of the Unbeatens, and no problem. You got you got two weeks now. Yeah, yeah. The bye week comes at a good time for me too, because I need to, you know, I need to get refocused and <laughs> okay. and uh, and back on track. It'll be nice for me to recover. I don't think after. A, a, I don't think a bye week will be enough. A but. challenging eight weeks of the season so far. Thanks, Frank. Or nine. Yeah, you don't count, you don't count <laughs> the you loss. Thank you, guys. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having right. me on. Frank Dolce joining us every week here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, more on the Utes' big win, more on the Jazz, couple of losses, and then Gary Anderson's here at 830. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join Scotty and Hans Tuesday from noon to 3 at Homie. 10355 South Jordan Gateway in South Jordan. 10355 South Jordan Gateway in South Jordan. All right, PK, we pause from our wall to wall nonstop coverage of the Utes and their big win at Washington to uh, talk to the Jazz fans who are just tuning in. That was a bad weekend. Locke thought they might be off their game in Sacramento, and they certainly were right from the get go. Rallied, played better but messed it up right at the end and lost. It was winnable, and it got away from them. And then against the Clippers, the bench play wasn't good enough, the rebounding wasn't good enough, the shooting wasn't good enough, and all that ends up to a loss. And a couple games, all the defensive talk, uh, they're the only team that hasn't given up 100 points and all that, and they give up 100 points in both those losses. Sucks for them. Different reasons, but. And now here come the Sixers and the Bucks. Uh-huh. So the tests don't get any easier. Fine. Shouldn't be. We want easy stuff for Buck up. You got any uh, faith in the bench's ability to come through? Put you back in a good moodier? The bench's ability uh, to play better, I think it's more of the the Clippers bench with Lou Williams. Has, and the Clippers have a bunch of experienced guys. The Jazz only have a couple of experienced guys coming off the bench, and they're down to Davis and uh, Joe Moutier. As far as oh, as far as two guys who aren't that right, yeah. yeah. And so those guys, uh, you know, they don't they don't have a lot of depth anyway. We'll see if Tony Bradley can develop with something. It seems like he's been in the G League for a number of years. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm not going to just panic because they lost a couple of games here. And that's that wasn't going to anoint them the uh, winners of the league if they had won both games. Uh, Bogdanovich, you need to buckle down and block out, man. You let uh, Harrison Barnes just get right to the rim. That was pathetic. Uh, and, but you, know, you can't just put it completely on the bench. I mean, Con- Conley needs to play better. We can come up with, oh, the ball's not in his hand and the ball was in his hand 87%. Of the- I don't care about all that stuff. Play it better. Was, it was another uh, another 2-for-10 shooting night. Yeah. And He's back f- down to 28%. Five turnovers and one assist. Come on, brother. Play better. You got to play better. 
He knows this. I'm not saying anything that he didn't want to hear. Well, I, I don't get the ball like I used to and blah, blah, blah. He's not interested in that. He's a seasoned professional. Play better. Next chance, Philly, Wednesday night. When we come back, more on the Utes and their win. Gary Anderson's going to be here at 8.30. You needed time for a travel story, PK. Excellent adventure starting this trip. Oh, yeah. It was unlike anything I've ever had <laughs> in my life. You were, you were texting Yak and I. We knew right away. I, I haven't heard it. Have you heard it, Yak? No, but when he texts us minutes yeah, <laughs> after he's about to get on a plane, you know something good happened. All right. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.